Today is Tuesday, July 3rd, and I hereby welcome you to the Tuesday Morning Esports Talk. I'm DT and I'm the host of the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Today, we will recap the last week of League of Legends action across EU, NA and Korea, talk about the topic of the hour in the League of Legends community, and, as is tradition, talk about roster moves in CSGO. kick off the episode by talking about we three and um, like I said like I already said in the intro um, EUNA and uh, LCK and we'll start with NC LCK because um, in the last week alone um, we have we have SKT beating um, KT KT beating Griffin Griffin beating Kingzone and Kingzone beating SKT um, all in the same week so there's there's a, there's a nice little chain going around there um, but we'll go through these games chronologically, and um, the, we kicked off on Tuesday with uh, SKT beating um, beating KT in the uh, Telecom Wars, uh, Korean Telecom Wars, and they beat them uh, two to one. And I actually remember watching uh, game one live uh, last week during a lecture um, in, in the university. It was like uh, a few hours after after the, the last episode has been p- uh, published, and um, I was extremely disappointed by the performance of SKT in um, in, in the first game, like I said. Um, because they were lacking coordination, they were they were um, nothing worked uh, really for them, and they didn't really get get uh, one foot in front of the other. But um, well, then I turned it off, and now I've uh, I've obviously watched it in um, in and the VOD. I've obviously watched the VOD, and um, well, in game two we had an insane Yasuo performance by Faker, and when you when you see a game like that, you really ask yourself why um, SK Telecom doesn't really always just play around Faker and put him into the best position possible to make him carry the team. Um, because oftentimes, or like, well, in, in the in the past, they have uh, obviously tried very different things, um, put uh, Faker on Tarek and stuff like that. And so, really, like, from a fan perspective, maybe you, you sit there, you watch these games, and then you see him play Tarek or even, I don't know, something like this, and then you think, how did any did anyone come up with, with that idea and think that this is a good idea? Well, this this is what uh, the SKT uh, coaching staff will have to figure out in the in the future, and um, will definitely will definitely figure out in the future. Um, we're talking talk wrapping up the series. So we had an extremely clean um, game three from all the players actually um, in in game three, uh, and so SK Telecom beat, um, like I said, KT Rollstar uh, with two to one in, in in this first game of this uh, of the week, so to speak. Directly after that game, we had Griffin and uh, Kings on Dragon X facing off against each other. And maybe you remember from last from last week's episode that I said that well, Griffin, of course, they were undefeated f- throughout the whole year. And well, with Kings on, they have the first real test waiting for them in in the LCK because well, before that they didn't really face that major uh, major opponents well, except from except SKT maybe, but. Well, they they had their own uh, struggles to deal with, and now when you looked at the games, and there were two insanely one-sided games. When thinking about who was facing who there, because when you took away the name tags, you would you maybe would have thought that the team that dominated was uh, the spring spring split champion Kings on Dragon X, who went to MSI and came became second in MSI, and the team that was dominated was the rookie team 
from Challenger Korea, from last split, and who really came out of nowhere. And maybe they they kind of swept roles there because uh, it was obviously it was Griffin who won two zero, and they showed no fear, no respect, even even some sort of disrespect in uh, some parts of the game. And they were full of confidence, and they showed that they they belong there. And in in both games, actually, they well they pretty much did whatever they wanted to. And uh, as well, of course, this was helped by Peanut picking Nidalee, or like King of the Dragon X picking Nidalee for Peanut, and that pretty much backfired. Um, everyone that looked at the game for 10 minutes uh, could could see that and could think that. And But nevertheless, it was Griffin who displayed insane mechanical control uh, during, throughout the whole game. They, they knew exactly what their champions were supposed to do and what they were capable of doing and how they had to control them in order to get the most out of them. And like I said, it was most insane performance by them. Um, they did really, really well. And they they showed that they're, they're not to be overlooked uh, when talking about uh, the LCK and maybe even prospects of going to Worlds uh, when talking about after the season. But, okay, this this may be a bit early, but like I said, they did really, really well. And um, so it was even more surprising, actually, that afterwards... It was uh, KT Roadster who just have been okay last week. They they or like two weeks ago now or one and a half weeks ago they uh, played Gen uh, Genji and they outclassed them. They dominated them. Then they lost to SKT on Tuesday, and then they faced off against Griffin and well, they beat Griffin two zero. It was a clean two zero, um, more or less clean two zero. They kind of stomped them in game one actually. And in game two was a bit more competitive, but well, like I said, KT beat Griffin. The un they took away the undefeated streak. Um, Griffin's now at five one, if I remember correctly. Maybe six one. I don't know, but I think it's five one um, throughout the whole split. And well, this this uh, this loss came from KT, and I don't know. It must be quite frustrating to uh, to see or to watch um, the games from KT by KT fans now. Um, maybe it must be frustrating to see them perform like that um, when they are capable of what are, what they are definitely capable of doing. Uh, Griffin and um, like I said, Genji for, from one and a half weeks ago, and well, then see them lose to SKT in that dominating fashion against against like eleven two Jazoo by by Faker, which um, which they shouldn't really have happened to them because they are such a good team. They have they have such a high ceiling. They they're so they can be so crazy, they can be so well playing. They can be playing so well. It's so it's so insane to see them like that. But then, like I said, uh, crashing and burning in other games, um, like in in the SKT series. But well, um, talking about Griffin now, especially maybe in uh, in the series, especially in game two, they they did really show what they were showing against Kingzone because. Uh, it, like I said, like I said before, like two minutes ago, um, versus Kingzone, they they knew exactly what they were doing. They they had a perfect strategy and they knew how to execute it. And well, like I said in game two against KT, um, they engaged and or started a fight um, way too often without Sword on Doctor Mundo present, which well immediately put them into a disadvantage disadvantageous position. And um, they didn't really they weren't really able to come back from that when already starting a fight uh, like 4v5 or 
um, four four actually that um, there wasn't wasn't they didn't they didn't really work out for them as well. Um, but well, maybe they showed nerves. Maybe KT made them show nerves. It's it's a bit it's really tough to say looking at it from an outside perspective. But like I said, KT um, beat the undefeated streak, um, ended the undefeated streak of Griffin, and um, well, and the last last match that I want to talk about in, in Korea was um, Kingzon beating uh, SKT to zero. And well, although it was a clean to zero, it didn't look as bad as it could have been. Um, or it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Um, in contrast, I think both both games they um, they talking about SKT now here. Um, they looked like they could hang for a decent amount of time, and they didn't really let uh, Kingzone dominate them throughout the whole throughout the whole series. Like in the end, it's a it's a it's a zero two for SKT nonetheless. But they they didn't really show that they aren't that far away, maybe if that makes sense, um, from from King Zone and maybe being able to hang with them. And this this maybe shows a, li- a lot of prospect and going going for the for the for the next weeks after Rift Rivals and then also talk talking about or looking at the gauntlet. And um, well yeah. One other note that I wrote down is that uh King Zone really differentiated the the game moment or was able to win the game by constantly getting Baron. And in both games, when as soon as they got Baron, they they were able to scale the game to victory, and they they really were able to to make sure that they would come out uh, on top of this uh, of the series. And now we're moving on to the ULCS, and um, well, the ULCS right now is sort of like a two-team show with uh, G two Esports and Misfits, um, who are both now at six and zero after week three. And um, they are the only two undefeated teams in the summer split across all major regions, um, which are, of course, EU, NA, uh, China, and Korea. And we're talking about G2 now in specific. Um, they played Funnel again, both games um, that they played on, on stage this weekend, um, with Perks being on an AD carry, um, which seems to be their go-to strategy uh, from the games they have played on stage until now. And well, again, this weekend they have destroyed both Fnatic and Unicorns of Love with it. And I think that uh, the roster like, the roster that G2 Esports possesses or the team that they are, um, they are really the perfect team for a strat like this because they have a more or less supportive bot carry with Hyanan anyway. So he has uh, played a lot of Sivir throughout his career. He has also, of course, uh, played a fair bit uh, of other champions, but... He's, he, I, I distinctly I remember him playing Sivir a lot. And of course, Jen, Jenkos, who has shown to be comfortable with playing a more supportive role as well, although he's, he's of course, uh, the first Blood King. Uh, he's been touted that as well. But like I said, he's he's been conf- comfortable on it, which uh, some players, of course, haven't been or haven't shown to be. So uh, this is something that, of course, plays into their favor. And then they have a guy like Perks who... Who you can you can give all the resources to, and he he will definitely know how to deal with them, and know how to make use of them. So, um, like I said, G two is really, really uh, the, this meta is really playing into their hands, in my opinion. And now talking about misfits, uh, well, they have been strong until now. Of course, they wouldn't have uh, wouldn't be six uh, six zero um, without being strong. But well, they have played uh, versus Fnatic in week one with uh, a reckless that didn't really. Or oh, it's a whole fanatic team that uh, didn't really know how to deal with the meta, 
And um, other than that, they have played the current five bottom teams of the LCS. So, uh, well, this this weekend they have beaten Schalke 04, uh, or Schalke 04, I don't know, um, and HUK. And, uh, well, both these teams went 0-2 this weekend. And like I said, they have the, the, they have beaten the current five bottom teams of the LCS. And after Riff Rivals, um, G2 and Misfits will go head-to-head uh, in the first game, uh, in, on the first day. Uh, not on the, in the first game, but on the first day. Um, and they will decide which team will be the last one to stay undefeated. So we will see uh, how we can evaluate Misfits' performances maybe after seeing them versus G2 and maybe if they if they are able to to dominate them as well as they did the others. So, of course, uh, one has to give them credit, even more credit, let's say it like that. And, um, well, yeah, that, that will be interesting to see in two weeks' time, I believe. And lastly, uh, about the ULCS, we have Vitality, who went 2-0 in Week 1 and 0-2 in Week 2. And they have now come back with another uh, 2-0 week by beating Unicorns of Love and Schalke 04, Schalke 04. And this just goes to show how distinct the different tiers of skill in ULCS are um, at the moment. Um, we have two or three tiers. Let's, let's maybe say three. Uh, with, of course, uh, G2 and Misfits being at the top, then come, then maybe a team like Fnatic, uh, maybe a team like Vitality, even a team like Fidelity, I don't know. Um, and then maybe the rest of sort of, like, kind of distinctly far away from these teams, um, which, of course, is uh, very different from the NA LCS. Um, and before I'm... Before I'm talking about the topic that, well, uh, is on everybody's mind right now concerning the NALCS, we, of course, uh, had a regular weekend of action. So we'll start with that and um, maybe talk maybe uh, maybe talk about uh, Cloud9 first because with all the parity in the split uh, in the league uh, since last split, we now have a distinct last place um, with Cloud9 who are at one and five right now after going 0-2 this weekend uh, versus, okay, Echo Fox and Team uh, Team Solomit, so TSM. And well, to be quite honest, even for me, who's not really a fan of either organization, or of any organization, to be fair, but well, it's even for me, like I said, it's quite frustrating to watch them uh, lose these leads over and over again. So maybe to back backpedal a bit, they moved Jensen back to mid lane, uh, put Golden Glue at the bot lane carry position, and slotted Smoothie back into the lineup next to him. So, still no sneaky, but the other two returned, other two guys returned. And well, maybe funnily enough, another note that I've written down here is uh, that the Academy team went even 3 0 this weekend, and they are now at the top of the table in the Academy League. Um, but now talking about, uh, talking about NALCS again, um, like I mentioned before, they, they changed the, the roster back. Um, to a roster that maybe goes with what the fans can get behind a bit more. Of course, many people are fans of fans of sneaky, but uh, people were people people are okay with that. I think uh, most of the stuff that I've read um, say that, uh, or many of the people that I've read comments from uh, say that Golden Blue deserved this and by playing kind of by playing well and um, staying in the lineup. But well, it was still the cloud of last week of the last week, so. They were getting decent gold leads throughout the game, but they completely failed um, or they fell apart in the late game. 
And um, this this is a constant thing that, of course, Reaper um, talked about last week that they were going to fix that and they were going to ch make changes and they did make changes, but they didn't really change that. So that they weren't really able to tackle that and to, to get in front of that and maybe say, okay, this is what we have to do to, to, to get rid of this problem. And well, it's, it's really a mystery, a mystery for them to maybe get back on, on this, on, because they're not really playing, playing bad in the, in these situations. It's not like they, they are getting outclassed from start to finish. And this is the most frustrating part. This is where a team that of the, of the stature that cloud nine has with the fans that they have, and they have ruffled some feathers um, with them as well, of course, with making these roster changes, but, um, now they have they have to be patient and they have to be have to trust into their have to put trust into the way that they deal with things and maybe or may, maybe even find out that they aren't dealing with them the right way. But this is a uh, like I like I've like I've often said in, in this uh, in this podcast or, or on, the, on the in the course of the last weekends or of the last weeks that I have trust in the organization and in the leadership and I think that they will be able to get out of that if they are being patient and. Um, do the same thing that um or stay constant in, in the in their approach because it can't be that bad because of the success that they already had so we'll i think we have to give them time and we have to see how they how they deal with that stuff but now moving on um to the team that played c9 in the first game of the weekend and that was csm um and they had their own news headlines dedicated to them last week because Lost Boy um, replaced Song as their on-stage coach. In, uh, in, in, uh, yeah, of course, in in quotation marks. Uh, while Song remains to be their again in quotation marks strategic coach, um, per the TSM announcement on Thursday. And while some argued that this might be a straight demotion uh, for their head coach Song, Song. Um, from the latest TSM Legends episode that came out, I don't want to lie, I think it was on Saturday. Um, it really sounds more like this is just about semantics to get Lost Boy to do the big, big and, pick and band phase with the team um, because of, well, of, of his, let's be quite frank, frank about it, because of his superior understanding of the nuances of the English language. Um, but we must not forget that uh, the players and their coach only have a limited time to get on stage to go through everything, to go through the picks and bands, to to react to changes in in preparation. Maybe at, maybe the the opposing team banned something else than what was expected of them to ban, or they picked they made the first pick that was quite out of the, out of the blue. And then uh, these players and the, and the coach and their coach only have a limited amount of time to really get through the picks and bands and maybe talk about what this might imply or what this can imply or what. How, how we as a team, now saying we in, in quotation marks again, the team in as as the team itself has to or has the opportunity to deal with that. And if you're not really versed in the English language, then it will be quite hard to to communicate with the team properly. Of course, on on the one hand, communicating to them, and then on the other hand, which is maybe even more important, um, understanding what is being communicated to oneself. So how the players talk to the coach is of course very important to understand for him and in a very like instant and in, in the in the in instantly like in the in the same instant that it is it is being said and if this takes too much time then maybe the players don't get comfort comfortable um with with all of that of course and you maybe do the 
the wrong uh, picks and lands, of course. So, um, well, and it, it seemed to have worked quite well for them. Um, they beat C9, and they were also able to beat Golden Guardians. Well, of course, it was Golden Guardians, um, but it's still they they still did did a good job from start to finish. Um, but like I said, on like I haven't said, but like I'm saying right now. Um, this move can only be evaluated better after a few more games. A few more games have passed, of course. And we're maybe closing this uh, this weekend of NALCS action um, before talking about what happened after the LCS closed their doors for the Rift Rivals break. Um, well, just a quick note that both teams that I'm going to talk about in, in the next few minutes, um, 100 Thieves and FlyQuest, went 2-0 this weekend. And especially 100 Thieves did very well versus both Clutch Gaming and Optic in their respective games, and you can really say that they looked like change was needed at that point. And now onto the whole Meteos, FlyQuest, and 100 Thieves stuff that happened. Um, it all started by Meteos taking to Twitter and um, announcing that he was being traded a few hours after the LCS broadcast ended, and uh, that he didn't know about it before, and he didn't really know... Um, what to do now because the team that he was being traded to, which is FlyQuest, um, didn't really have a starting position open for him. So, and he didn't really want to fight for a spot uh, in their in their starting lineup, I suppose. And this may be this may be a, a funny little caveat uh, for the end of 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 me ranting about this. Um, so, first of all, the facts. Um, in the end, the 100 teams gave away Meteors. Uh, and in turn got Anda from FlyQuest. Um, this was confirmed by both teams and um, before it was reported by Jacob Wolf from ESPN. Um, so there was no key, no, no Ryu included. It was just a, a straight-up swap between these two players. And according to Medios, again, uh, on Twitter, he took to Twitter, like I said, and he said that the deal was finalized on Friday already, so before the whole um, week three of uh, NALCS took place. And now yesterday, so Monday, um, 100 Thieves came out with a statement explaining the whole situation from their point of view. And they say that Meteos approached them asking to be able to talk to other teams about being traded. And, well, the wording is key here, and I'll explain maybe in a minute or maybe a minute or two. And uh, 100 Thieves agreed that it would be the best for everyone involved. Um, maybe this is the case because, well, looking at their vlog series, The Heist, um, there have been quite a few suggestions that there were differences between um, the coach, Prolly, and Medios at some points, and even in talking uh, to other teammates, um, there were a few confrontations, which is nothing bad. Um, definitely nothing bad. There needs to be um, some some confrontation or to grow, of course. This is also something that Prolly said, actually, um, in the piece of uh, uh, that I'm, I'm actually talking about here. Um, then he said that they need to able to talk to each other. So this is not a not an inherently bad point. Uh, and obviously this uh, this vlog series is highly edited, so everything that happens there has to be taken with a grain of salt. Although it did actually happen, but they can. That's maybe a bit a bit of, of context missing, of course. Um, but let's move on. Um, Medios also mentioned uh, in, throughout the whole week that, um, or there was an interview that came out last week. Um, where he mentioned that he doesn't really want to coach uh, the player that wants to take his spot. Um, in talking about the academy jungler here, Levy, I, I believe, um, they talked about uh, this 
this uh, thing then that happened to Sneaky, of course, and stuff like that. Um, and this this comment may have ruffled, ruffled some feathers as well, which I'll talk about in a minute as well. And well, then uh, 100 Thieves then looked uh, at the opportunities and came to the conclusion that a trade with FlyQuest for their um, Academy League jungler Anda was uh, the best way to move forward for them. And they decided to make a trade. And well, the wording of a 100 Thieves statement um, and Meteor's reaction to everything suggests that Meteor's wanted to look for options themselves. Um, moving on to a competitive team where he wouldn't downgrade standings-wise or brand-wise or any, anything like that. But after he found out that 100 Thieves took matters into their own hands without consulting him um, and trading him uh, to a considerably worse team, uh, considerably worse brand, um, that on top of that doesn't even have a starting spot waiting for him. He, he was mad about it, he felt betrayed, then he took to Twitter, um, which kind of isn't surprising, of course, because... Uh, he didn't really want to go to FlyQuest. I, I imagine that when he talked to to the to the leaders of 100 Thieves that um, he wanted to talk about trading uh, or moving to another team that he wasn't really thinking about FlyQuest, which is obvious. But, um, well, fans and even some people from within the scene um, were, were mad about that, um, about the trade happening without his knowledge. But I think, well, to be quite honest, my opinion, um, that one of the thieves were within their right to do this and they've most likely done nothing wrong here. Um, and maybe I'll talk about uh, one or two things. And like I said, uh, Medios started this by talking to them about trading, uh, about moving on. Maybe this had also something to do with uh, being left out of Rift Rivals and the team experimenting with uh, the Academy League jungler. And he didn't really feel like competing which is a whole problem in itself because the stuff that he said about coaching academy players and players that take away their spots this this shows a mindset that no team would really want to have in their own players it's some some sort of like a scarcity mindset so because when you are in a team you think about the best for the team so there's maybe there are players that are really egotistical in, in a team like that and you need to have some sort of ego to to perform your best so I, I believe that but this is maybe about confidence so you need confidence to to perform at your very best but as a team and as an owner or as a coach or as a team in itself the players they don't really want someone who who feels threatened by someone else who in case they are better than them, would take their spot and it would make the whole team better. But like I, like I said, this mindset of of don't of not really being in favor of the team improving when it's when it's a problem for yourself. So a good example maybe for this is the reaction that uh, Reckless had to being benched for Bwipo. Um We posted it on our Instagram that. There was a quote that uh, was on, uh, I actually mentioned this last week at, uh, as well in, in, on the podcast, that he said that um, if playing Whippo is the best for the team and that this, gi this gives, it the high, gives the team the highest chances to win, then he needs to respect that just as well as the, he needs to respect that uh, the strategy that him being the hyper carry is the best way to move uh, to move to winning the game. So this is and i and i pointed pointed that out last week as well and i said that this is a huge show um sign of maturity 
that a player can have and it's a really important thing to have and also said that faker was was most probably um or most likely have would have some sort of similar mindset to talking when talking about the game and i said that um and i i kind of trashed it a few minutes ago when talking about the rck but um a, a player like Ter like faker uh, playing Tarek in order to funnel into a, a jungler that is lacking at best and bad at worst um, and he's playing Master Yi, so he's he's funneling into him instead of being funneled into like himself. So he he's, he puts his service into the best the team the best for the team. And like I said, this is this is a really important thing that you will want to have in in your teammates or in your in your players as an organization. And when you see that your player doesn't have that, and he isn't really interested in the team improving, like I, like I already mentioned. Um, when it's when it's to his uh i don't know when it when it's his problem afterwards being benched or i don't know not uh not being in the best position to 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 succeed in in like i don't know kda stuff or something like that um this is this is a huge problem for an organization and and i think that 100 thieves after they they notice that or they they I don't know if they if they hadn't noticed that before, and then this this interview really manifested it for them, or this 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 I don't know this media saying that. Uh, so this this was if if I was was the leader of the 100 Thieves and I heard my players say that that I then I I definitely would have reacted the same way and saying, okay, I don't really want that player on my team, and I, I and I like Medios as a, as a personality in the scene. I never, I never really have met him, but um, and I, I really liked their play style. I really liked how they played the 100 Thieves in the spring split, of course, and now in the, in the summer split. But when you're talking about a long-term vision for the team, you don't really want to have a player who wants to keep his 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 academy jungler down or his his counterpart in the, in the academy team. The academy team is there to grow and to improve and maybe to to keep to keep the starting roster on their toes, as we have seen with Cloud9, and you don't really want want a player that actively keeps this down. So you want a player that you want a player that that doesn't feel threatened by that. He wants to improve himself and he wants to move on to become a better version of himself instead of keeping the others down. So oneself has doesn't have to improve. I don't know if 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 what I said. Uh, makes a lot of sense, but this is really important for 100 Thieves. And I imagine this this was their thinking as well that um, you need to get rid of a player like that. And if it, if it's been if it, if it has been fair or not, I don't know. And actually, Medios is, um, has said that he would want to make post a video about this. And at the time of this recording, this video hasn't been posted, so I can't really get into that. Uh, but well, we'll have to see how this how this pans out in the future in the next few days. And we'll see how this back and forth goes on. And well, this, but from 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 the knowledge that we have right now, this is the best conclusion that I can draw. And uh, I'll just leave it at that, and maybe talk about it next week, or I don't know if if it's if it's even relevant. Then then I'll definitely do that. But maybe now um, onto um, the team itself, uh, just quickly that um, they they came out in their statement and they said that uh, they will play with Sunday and Under. Uh, after Rift Rivals, so it was really a straight drop. 
they weren't really or they aren't right now thinking about um playing with levy and subbing i don't know someday or Ryu um in order to get him into one of those imports import slots so it, it's really interesting and uh, thinking about that as well um seeing that they really really just straight swapped uh, medios for under in this case And to finish off this episode, we'll talk about some CSGO roster changes before um, ESL1 Cologne, which starts today, actually, uh, at the time you, that you will be hearing this. Um, first of all, uh, I called that last week's episode, if you listen to that, um, I called that Mouse Sports um, would most most likely look at signing Scream almost by default. That's, that's what I use, I believe. Um, in case they would want to add more firepower to their lineup um, because of the high buyouts in the scene right now. And, well, I turned out to be extremely wrong, wrong about that just a day later um, because it was announced on Wednesday that uh, Mouse Sports decided to pick up Snacks from Virtus Pro, uh, who reportedly cost them about $300,000. And, well, that in itself is a huge gamble for an organization like Mouse even more so for the fact that we haven't really seen uh, the Snacks of Virtus Pro play well for some time now. Much of that can, of course, be attributed to the state um, Virtus Pro finds itself in, but nevertheless, it's a lot of risk to take on for an organization like Mossports that, of course, is sitting on the Nico money, uh, if, you want to, if you want to call it that, but still, it's, it's a lot of money for them to invest in a player like that. But on the other hand, um, considering Snacks was known as one of, if not the best player in the world uh, for a period of time, sky's the limit for him in a functional team where he's relieved of all of the baggage from his former team, maybe. And maybe this this is the, the much-needed uh, change of scenery that uh, he needs to perform to his highest level again. Um, well, obviously, not everything will be expected to click uh, right away after a few days of practice, but like I said, later today or I don't know. Depends on when you're when you're listening to this. Um, yes, one Cologne maybe has, maybe has already started, and it will be interesting to see how these five players will perform. And now onto the 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 second domino in this in this chain of uh, of dominoes falling, because um, in the night from Saturday to Sunday, it was announced that Stuko the guy that was replaced by Snacks on Mouseports, um, is standing in for Cloud9 now. And the ESL rules actually forbid using a stand-in on loan from another team that participates in the same tournament. So Stiko, of course, is still contracted to Mouseports. And ESL has a rule against that, against him actually playing for Cloud9. But um, they sorted it out um, one way or the other. And, um, well, uh, reports said that Mixwell was actually to stand in for Cloud9. And he would have been a good, cho a good choice, but he's been vocal about not wanting to live in NA f after his time with Optic. And, of course, after as soon as the, the opportunity of Stiko moving to Cloud9 presented itself, it makes a lot of sense for Cloud9 to go and try out the guy um, for this tournament. It, it's actually kind of, sort, sort of like, like a no-brainer for me. Um, because Stuko is a support player, of course, and uh, Cloud9 should look for one. Maybe they are, maybe they, maybe they were, maybe they weren't, or maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But they, in my opinion, they should do that. Um, 
in order to alleviate the pressure from the other the other players that aren't really support players that are expected to behave like support players. Maybe a, a player like Automatic, um, who's who's maybe more comfortable in a more Stewie role, um, the a role that Stewie had before, and he wasn't really able to shine on in that. And maybe with a player like Stuko, um, who's who, who who I would like to compare with Taco, maybe if I can. Um, on 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 SK on SK gaming um, before maybe he's he's a guy that uh, that can move the others I don't know can alleviate some pressure off of them and um, get them to to frag a bit more but well of course an, another um, another reason for him for for Cloud9 to go for Stuko and to try him out for the tournament um, is because Stuko has the potential to be a permanent replacement uh, for FNS and in in case uh, in that case, be the permanent fifth player for them. And Mixwell is neither. He's neither. He's either, he isn't a support player, and he is really he isn't really um, keen on living in NA. So he isn't really uh, a potential fifth for them. So, like I said, it makes a lot of sense for Stuko to um, or for Cloud9 to go for Stuko. And maybe I don't know if Stuko is ready to go to NA, but he said that um, he's open to a, a lot of a lot of different things after he was replaced on Mousepot. So. Maybe this is match made in heaven, but we'll have to see um, how the tournament pans out and um, how how the how the two parties or the the, the different parties in that in that ordeal um, will deal with the, with the, with the, I don't know with the new situation. And with that, we arrived at the end of this week's episode. You know the drill by now. If you have any questions, suggestions, or other remarks, please let me know on social media. As always, all the important links are in the show notes of this episode. If you want to voice your opinion about this podcast, I would really appreciate a rating on iTunes or pretty much wherever you are listening to this right now. Any kind of feedback would be highly appreciated. Finally, thank you very much for listening. And I will catch you guys next week. See ya.